Hello loves and welcome to the etheric update. I'm Katherine Craig, your intuitive guide and transformation teacher for the next few minutes at least. So my mission here on planet earth is to help you connect to your divine self, your sacred soul, and your infinite spirit through grace, presence, and love. Today is our second episode of the Etheric Update, and I'm so excited to be with you today to share our themes for September. So these themes are delivered to me by my team of guides, and then I lovingly gestate them and deliver them to you here. So the month ahead holds so much opportunity for us if we decide to rein it in. Now, I just want to make note on some of these channeled themes. Sometimes the language used is very specific in terms of resonance or vibration that can actually activate your nervous system and help to open up different aspects of your energy body. Just for example, the word RAIN, spelled two different ways, R-E-I-N or R-E-I-G-N, This word that I just used, it has a dual meaning, even though in English it sounds the same. Uh, So it has a dual meaning that we can engender into ourself, our body, our soul, our spirit with intentionality. R-E-I-N means to be in control, just like we would rein in a horse. We take control, we guide, we have this very special relationship with that animal. It also means the holding of a sovereign or monarch, R-E-I-G-N, that rules or has purview over a large swath of humanity, society, or culture. So while these are spelled differently, these words do have a similar bearing, a similar sound vibration that can be used specifically to activate aspects that may be stuck or lost. So for example, you could say the mantra, I am sovereign within myself. This is something that we see fairly often if you're in the spiritual community. Um, And you can say that, I am sovereign within myself, pause, and see how that feels. For example, if you have difficulty with boundaries, this may be something that works for you as a mantra or affirmation to shore up that energy within your field of awareness. So with that said, as we're going through these themes, if there are words that are sticking or popping out to you, just make note of them and work with them a bit. Meditate on that word. Feel where you feel that in your body. Feel what attachments you may have to that word. Oftentimes, as children or at different junctures in our life, there may be meaning imbued in a word or a phrase or a sentence. A common one that we would say is you aren't good enough or I'm too much. And working with those and understanding what that phrase, what that word may be holding for you as an attachment, whether we would deem it with our human brains as good or bad and start to work with that a little bit. So meditate on the word, feel where you feel in your body, feel what attachments you may have to it. And this gives you a lot of information about some of your own internal and external patterns. Because my mission here is really, you know, a couple people reached out and said, do you do readings? My mission here is really to teach you, to teach a man to fish, to teach you to be in touch with your own intuition, to 
teach you to be in touch with your own energy body, your own auric field, your own uh, guides, higher self that may be calling to work with you. So um, each theme I'll also suggest as we go through our September themes, a mantra or affirmation that you can work with in the same way. You can meditate on it, speak it aloud, and begin to see how it feels in your physical body and your energy body. If you have questions on any of this, please feel free to reach out. Um, shoot me a DM on Instagram. That's probably the quickest way to get me at Catherine Craig Etheric, or you can uh, drop me an email through uh, theetheric.com uh, and join our community, our email list. We'd love to see you there so that not only are you listening to the podcast, but you get our email updates as well. So diving right in, our first theme for September is the opportunity to be born again. So as many of you know, we are entering a phase this month of Mercury in retrograde, if you follow astrology. While often an annoyance to many people in terms of slowing down technological hiccups, we also want to take the approach. This is something I started doing years ago. I'm going to win Mercury in retrograde. I have this very competitive edge to me sometimes. So we want to take the approach of winning Mercury in retrograde. And what this means is we want to actually intentionally, let's not fight the energy. We want to take the time to slow down. We want to take the time to reconnect with ourself, yourself, and uh, we want to take the time to reconnect with our loved ones and be in presence and patience with this opportunity that we are given. So we're given so many opportunities that we start to fight against. So we want to start recognizing when there's an opportunity, am I going to fight against this opportunity? Am I going to go with the flow? And again, there's not a right answer. You know, perhaps this month is a month that we're also not supposed to sign contracts or make large techno technological purchases during Mercury and retrograde. But perhaps this is a month you can't avoid that. So you're going to have to go ahead with your human life and do it anyway. So, you know, don't hold yourself back in terms of your free will, but just take note of where you might be feeling stretched or struggling and try to move in some gentler ways around it. So it's an energy that is better not to fight with, we would say. So depending on the timeline you've been on, and we'll talk more about timelines probably on another episode. So there's more to come on that. It's not as woo-woo as it sounds. You know, as a collective, we move as individuals and then we move as different cohorts and then we move as a larger collective of humankind here on Earth. Um, so that as we move into September, we're coming further and further out of the chaos of the past few years. And that's not to say that it's over, um, eat, but each month we're able to ground a bit further back into our earthly bodies. So many of us got tossed into this large healing vortex and really didn't know it. So as we come back down, feet on the ground, this can be an opportunity to be born again or born anew. Whichever feels more appropriate for you as I say this. Or maybe this theme doesn't resonate with you, and that's okay too. So when we talk about the idea of being born again, born anew, reborn, it is this idea that we are able to rise in new ways. A new lifetime beginning within the context of your physically bodied life. 
you know, we have these endpoints in our life where we are born, where we die. And then there's many lifetimes or moments of large shift and change in between. So throughout our lives, after the moment we're born into this world, into our incarnated, made flesh, physical bodies, we have certain junctures that require either a holding or a stepping into growth, evolution, and change. So as we recognize these energetic flows, we have the ability to get on or off that specific timeline or energy field, and that is our free will. So when, as a human, we experience chaos, tragedy, suffering, or attachment, these are the opportunities we have to be born again, born anew, or reborn. We have that choice. So knowing this, that we have free will, that we have the ability to recognize opportunity, we also must acknowledge, note the knowing and acknowledgement, and we'll get there soon enough in our next theme, that the birth process, this reborn, born anew, born again birth process is preceded by a gestation period and a labor period. So there is a period in which a foundation is being built that is being laid upon our energetic field. And this can sometimes feel like a holding pattern, an area of stagnation, an area of discomfort. And when we are in the gestation period, much like a physical pregnancy, we can feel stuck. We can feel like nothing's happening. Um, but as nothing is happening, it's also in accord with everything happening. The everything is not always visible. It's not always tangible. And that is the beauty of gestation is that it is known. Gestation is known before it is born. And it is known by you incarnated. It is known by you made in the flesh. So even if we think about a physical pregnancy, you know, we can see mom becoming big, we can see her becoming uncomfortable, we can see her belly growing, but without technology that we have today, like ultrasounds and imaging, we have this faith in gestation that everything is happening in perfect order. And this energy can happen, and I've seen it happen with my clients over the past years. It happened to me last year. You know, there's this holding, 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 and then boom, a big shift happens. So it's this gestation, it's this laboring, and then there's this being born again that seemingly happens in a moment, but you've actually been laying the groundwork for this for months and months and months, perhaps years and years and years. And I'll share more about, you know, my process with that probably in our next episode. But, you know, I made this big shift in my life and I had I had laid out, you know, a year, 18 months being the very pragmatic person that I am, you know, but my, uh, my gestation period and birth period happened a little faster due to some external forces, external influences um, that were kind of kicked me out of the nest. I wouldn't say put upon me because I was very much ready for this, but it did feel like that there was this stuck holding, holding, holding. And then, you know, suddenly my apartment was for sale and I had to move and I had planned this move, but I was like, okay, guys, it's time to go. Let's do this. So, um, so to bring this theme of being opportunity to be born again into reality. Sometimes the moments of being born again or reborn can look like can look like changing careers for people. It can look like moving homes like it did for me. It can look like shifting in your relationships. If you're in a relationship that's either stuck, perhaps you stay with the same partner, but you work on engendering a different dynamic uh, 
within your relationship, or it might look like physically shifting your relationship, you know, into singlehood or into a new relationship. It can look like giving birth to, to a physical child, you know, and being in that moment, you are actually being born anew as parent, as mother or as father. They can also be small movements of rising energy. So feeling love in new ways, feeling your heart opening in new ways, caring or nurturing a part of yourself that has been neglected. You know, if you experienced any neglect as a child, this can be a really powerful practice to allow yourself to acknowledge that or abuse as a child to allow yourself to acknowledge all that you have been through and all that you have healed and the new person that is arising within you. You also may not be at this moment yet. You may still be in your gestation phase. You still may be in your laboring phase, but know that these moments of gestation, labor, birth, they come at every moment of our life in different ways, in small ways and in big ways. But anytime we suffer, anytime we feel, we have the opportunity in big and small ways to shift our accord and become anew. So you may affirm this theme with the mantra, Behold, I am made anew each day. Behold, I am made anew each day. I'll give you a couple options for this one. The second one is, Behold, I rise again each day. Behold, I rise again each day. And when we say behold, it's kind of an old-fashioned sounding word. Behold, to be held by God, to be held in grace, to be held in presence, and to be held in love. And allowing that for yourself to come through. Okay. So just take a moment and take that in. And now we're going to go to our second theme of the month, reconnecting to the known. And again, this sounds a little esoteric, but we're going to go into it so we can make it real for you. We can make it tangible for you. And we can start to activate your energy body around you so that, you know, the thing, just a side note tangent that I got frustrated about in my acupuncture practice is people's reliance on going to someone else for healing. When in fact, the work that I'm doing with people, the work that any ethical, moral healthcare provider, healer is doing with someone is to put the healing back into your own hands, to educate, to teach to allow someone to understand their body and the tools, resources, roadmaps they need in order to heal themselves. Because it is our innate, it is our known intelligence internally, our bodily innate known intelligence is what heals us. And sometimes along the way, we need a little help from our plant friends um, or energetic friends or resources in ways to just shore up if we have been deficient or neglected or abused in certain ways. But ultimately, all the power rests in you and you just might need, you know, some help from help from your friends or guides along the way. So 
reconnecting to the known. As we spoke about the gestation period, we just talked about this beautiful gestation labor period with this process of being born again. So as we spoke about the gestation period before the opportunity to be born again, to be made anew, we recognize that there is a divine knowing in the design of it all. It is our connection to that divine knowing of God's love, the universe, creator, whatever feels good for you to say and think about this larger source of love energy that animates us and lifts us up out of suffering and attachment to the material world. So much of what we in our science or human minds recognize as real are the tangible in the world around us, the things that we can see, our car, our house, our dining room table, our dishes, our rugs, you know, our families sitting in front of us. But the past few years, when I referenced that we all got kind of thrown into this healing vortex with COVID, so the past few years of COVID, there was political unrest, there have been wars, there's famine, there's coercion, there's derision, there's been disdain, there's been a lack of empathy and understanding out of this uncontrolled fear. There's been disenfranchisement of groups and individuals. And all of this led to a huge polarity that was disconcerting for many, I would say most in our social structure, in our society, in our human world right here. And this led to many conflicts, not only within society, amongst countries, amongst governments, amongst cultural groups, but within family structures. And the aftermath continues to be felt when resentments arise and forgiveness and compassion are not engendered. When we are more attached to an outcome of being right, of being correct, of protecting a certain worldview, purview, a certain set of cognitive data versus engendering forgiveness and compassion. And I'm not saying there's a right answer because certain people have, all people, not certain people, we all have what I would I call a karmic imprint, things that we need to take responsibility for and resolve. And sometimes that means we suffer along the way. So I'm not saying to rush through this process. I'm not saying to what people say, bypass this process and just, you know, say we're all hunky-dory, you know, but to continue to ground down and do the work um, and always grounding it in forgiveness and compassion and understanding. And it goes both ways. Understanding forgiveness and compassion doesn't just go one way in terms of polarity. It goes both ways. Um, and when there is a lack of understanding of the way, in Chinese medicine, we would say the Tao, the divinity of God's perfect or permissive plan, they're both perfect and permissive plans, we suffer. And when we suffer, this is where we have to resolve our uh, karmic imprints, our attachments, and our ignorance. So while we have free will, we also have the opportunity to listen closely to God, the universe, and hear what the divine plan is. And listening requires, as we all know, we learned when we were little kids, listening often requires quietude or being quiet. That's something most of us have a very difficult time doing today in terms of the static and the media inputs that we have. So the universe, so we talked about hearing the universe, what the divine plan is, and that is ultimately to love one another. And this is the practice 
It is the mission. It is what the known is. It is the known. It is the recognition, the re-knowing of ourself and one another as our sacred identity as children of God, of one voice. And this knowing is consciously or unconsciously expressing. The more we can move into consciousness, the more in relationship we become to this knowing of divinity. So the more conscious you can make this knowing in your life, the more easily the flow will become. It is knowing that we were all much more interconnected than many of our earthly selves would like to acknowledge. The key to reconnecting to the known is recognizing where there is what I like to call static or separation, a cloudiness or discord. And when you are in quietude, when you are in peace, you have this opportunity to listen, to feel, and integrate this knowing. When you recognize these moments, it is at that juncture that I recommend, take it or leave it, that you ground with your souls, the sole of your feet. It's not a mistake, the soul, soul and soul, like we're talking about these words, that you ground your souls, you open your crown at the top of your head and your heart. And in this space of calm, this space between the ether, you let yourself be known by grace. You let yourself be known in presence and you let yourself be known in love. So to ground this teaching in your soul, to ground this teaching in real life, to move into knowing can look like forgiveness of another after a conflict, not brushing things under the rug. It can look like comforting a child. It can, ha it can look like having compassion for yourself, especially when all you're feeling is shame or fear. It can look like nurturing your physical body through good food, exercise, and a connection to nature. This is really important. Nature is known. You know, we look at, this is one of my favorite examples, a seed. You know, all the seeds kind of look the same to our human eyes, and then we plant them, and this seed has this native, what we call entelechy. The carrot seed knows to be a carrot. The oak tree knows to be an oak tree. And now that I'm down in Florida, you know, I'm learning all these new plants, you know. Um, you know, some of my neighbors call them weeds, but I'm doing research. It's like these are medicinal plants. These are beautiful plants, and you can see all... Um, all some of the wildlife coming back to them, the bees and the lizards and all sorts of critters. So um, knowing that nature knows and that we are in knowing with nature. So you may affirm this knowing with the mantra. This is one of my favorites. It's a simple one. I am love. I am love. I am love. And if this mantra does not resonate with you, if you're more of um, one with the collective, you could try we are love, we are love, we are love. Or if that feels too much for you, I've seen lots of clients struggle over the years with engendering love within themselves and you have to start a little bit more back, a little bit less personal, so to speak. You could do God is love, God is love, God is love. Or a substitute, you know, if that still feels too much. Um, say nature is love, nature is love, nature is love, and just start to build that vibratory accord within yourself and your nervous system. See what feels best in your body. I would recommend speaking aloud if you're able to, but again, if that feels too much, speak it within your heart, speak it within your mind. 
and then build accordingly. Our third theme this month is creativity as a gift in grace. So the opportunity to create is gifted to us by God. He, she, God, universe, however you prefer to refer to this one universal source of energy, allows us to mimic our own creation, how we literally formed from no thing. Nothing, no thing. The word create means to form out of no thing, to form out of nothing, to be brought into being, being, to be brought into being. Now let this meaning sink deeply into your auric field. So even if we look at the moment of conception, you know, we've talked about birth, we've talked about gestation, we've talked about the knowing, this divine knowing of where we're going. So if we look at this moment of conception where the egg meets the sperm, we have these two tiny infinitesimal half cells with strands of ancestral DNA code carrying lots more than just, I would say, DNA fragments. It carries the weight of your ancestry with you as well. These two tiny, not even full cells, these two tiny half cells carrying the weight of generations and generations and generations of ancestry. Meditate on that. That's really trippy. It's wild. It'll, it will really open up your world when you start to think about all of the life that has poured into you to be the person that you are today. It wasn't just your mother and father. It's the weight of everybody behind them. Generations and generations. It, it could even, you know, if we go back to Adam and Eve or however you want to think about the creation story, whatever's in your cultural tradition. Um, like I said, that would be a really good exercise if you're interested in the idea of creativity, of knowing, of gestation and birth. That would be a really wild exercise for you to go to and feel into from, you know, if it was two people who started out humanity, expanding out and then contracting down to who you are. Interesting exercise. I might do that later today. if I've got a little bit of time for that. So back to creativity as a gift and grace. You'll, you'll know about me. I go off on these little tangents sometimes. So, um, so we talked about how the word create means to form out of nothing, no thing, to be brought into being. So we're looking at the moment of conception, these two cells joining to create a new being. This being is informed by all, again, we talked about the divine ancestors, and then it is enlivened and animated at the moment of birth. In Chinese medicine, we talked about there's what's called the, um, the metal element in Ayurveda. It could be known as air, and some people um, maybe would bring the etheric element into it. But understanding that it is the moment that this child is born that the lungs open and this aspiration, this inspiration happens where you're bringing in this air, this life of the new world into the body. So it's this animating force that happens totally in knowing, but without trying, without an intention around it necessarily. So the entirety of this world around us is this rich canvas asking to be created, known, 
and born anew. And we let this meaning swirl through our minds and our bodies and really begin to understand, to comprehend, to embody what it means to have the opportunity, the ability, the capability to create, to bring into being from no thing. Understand the power that you hold in your hands and the opportunities ahead of you to take this truth into your knowing. When we ground this concept of creativity here in our lives, it is not reserved strictly for those in cre- what we would what we would ascribe meaning to in creative arts or artists. We can look at craftsmen, we can look at builders and all that they accomplish. We can look at those in finance who seemingly without effort create abundance. And we're moving away from the splitting apart or parsing of resources where we've parsed resources into smaller pieces and into a space of true abundance in our creative methods. So while I can see from what is on the news and what many are experiencing in the world around us, things like inflation, rising food costs, feeling strapped in terms of resources, this is actually the death knell of an old system in which we should no longer engage as much as possible. But we're humans, we live on the earthly plane. So I understand there's obviously bills that need to be paid, taxes that need to be paid, food that needs to be bought. So we don't want to be unrealistic about certain things. But the more we can engage with local economy, local farmers, growing our own food, trading with craftsmen, tradesmen, if you have a skill that you're able to trade with, um, and building what our society is not meant to be, but what we have the capacity, excuse me, but what we have the capacity to create an exchange among each other. This is the time that we can understand our true creative potential as sacred beings and not necessarily let the powers that be disenfranchise your ultimate capability to create. This is where Excuse me, I've got a little frog in my throat. This is where we understand your weight and power in creating the world of limitless abundance and creativity. And I would suggest to try again to not engage or to engage as little as possible through peaceful means to not engage with any structures that try to limit that grace with fear, coercion, or ignorance. It's not something that's going to happen or shift overnight, even though I would love it to. And many of us are in for a bumpy ride, so we just have to acknowledge uh, those that suffer with a lack of resources and send not only love in their direction, but action, help, and care for one another. So I love this mantra, and you can affirm your ability to create with the mantra, I am one with creation, I am one with being, I am one with my brothers and sisters. And our last theme, which isn't really a theme, 
It's more of a cultivation of skill. And we'll touch on these as we go through the themes, some different kind of intuitive skills that you can begin to work at and hone. Um, recognizing keys. So as you continue to listen to these broadcasts or work with me one-on-one -on -one or work with me in upcoming classes that may be happening, um, we'll grow and learn about each other together. And one of my main missions, like I've reiterated before, is to help you to be in touch with your intuition, your divine and sacred self, and help you connect as you feel called to any angels, guides, or spirits in your field. It's not my job to bring them down to you. It's your job to engender and open that connection with them. So ultimately, this journey is yours. And how you decide to express in relation or out of relation to God. And there is no correct answer. It is simply your journey, your life, your responsibility. So just to share with you, there have been many junctures in my life, both big and small, that I've recognized these keys, these opportunities for transformation. Two large ones that are very easy for me to pinpoint in my adult life were when I left my corporate job to study acupuncture. And I talk a little bit more about this in the first episode. So if you're interested in that story, you can listen to episode number one about how I got into this work. So when I left my corporate job to study acupuncture, and my most recent one was a big key. There was a point last year, I was literally in a treatment room with a patient, and I I can remember exactly what was happening. It was just kind of like a little bell went off, ding, ding, ding. It was like, like a video game, like you've completed level 10 of your karmic coursework, um, and this has prepared you for what you're going to go forward and teach in the future. So that was um, another big key or juncture in my life. And these are large examples. We can get, there can be big keys, there can be little keys. Um, so when I closed my physical practice and moved into this space of teaching and guiding, and this is one of my true gifts, and it's really one of my true joys, and I'm so thrilled um, that you're here with me for it. So I'm sure if you follow uh, different spiritual Instagram or spiritual TikTok accounts, you've often heard people call these keys different things in our language. Some say hits, some say downloads, and you might hear me say that too, but Ultimately, I prefer the word key to denote these specific rays um, or qualities of energy that have to do with unlocking our true selves for our next phase in this specific timeline, field, or our life. Keys can be recognized slowly or in, um, or in a moment, just like I said, like I was in my treatment room, it's just like, and it, again, I had been gestating this for some time, but it was just like, ding, 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 ding. Um, it was almost comical when it happened. I was like, okay, guys, you know, I messaged her loud and clear, um, you know, and then I had to wrestle with my pragmatic self for a while and really understand that um, if I make this big leap, things are going to be okay. Pragmatic part of myself, kind of the, you know, there's some fear involved in terms of finances and resources, wanted to do both for a while. And it, it was a few months I realized that that wasn't tenable for me in my specific energetic space in terms of where I've been, where I'm going, and where I need to move into. So again, keys can be recognized slowly or in a moment, but are often recognized in a space of quietude. They are points, junctures, recognitions, 
that open up another timeline or a series of opportunities for us. Keys can relate to large life shifts, or they can even be simple things we can use keys for, like what would be nourishing for me to eat tonight for dinner? And I know if any of my friends are listening, they're going to give me a hard time about this one because I am the worst about deciding what to have for dinner. I would just like it to be done, simple, easy, nourishing. But it's like, you know, I can make big life decisions very easily, but sometimes I really struggle with the what to eat for dinner question. But most importantly is keys have a specific clarity to them. Um, And that when we remove the static, the doubt, the fear, they are not able to be ignored. With learning to recognize keys, we can invite our spirit to begin to guide our soul and our self. And when working with clients, I have had some people struggle, well, how do I know, how do I know, how do I know? And ultimately, it is about cultivation. So sometimes, like we're talking about, we need to remove static doubt and fear. And in order to do that for some people, there might be restorative practices that I assign to clients. There might be different homework exercises that I assign to clients, like the I love myself exercise that they all, people struggle with this, you know, and I'm seeing it as a real problem um, in terms of people not really loving themselves as a sacred being, you know, and acknowledging that. So in terms of our own lives, like I said, keys can feel or look different to everyone. Um, And many people experience these keys, especially the larger or more significant keys at moments of illness. And again, this was another big moment for me. This was, again, I kind of referenced leaving my corporate job. This was the point that I was being diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Um, And it had been, again, this disease had been gestating, not a a good sort of gestating, more of a bad sort of gestating, but I wouldn't change anything because I learned an incredible amount through that suffering. And patience, lots of patience, very patient person now. Um, Moments of illness can be a significant key for people. I see this all the time with clients. Times of suffering or disjointedness in romantic or familial relationships can be significant keys or... um, or precursors to keys, they can sometimes be attached to that fear or static or unknowing before we get to that key, that juncture, that opportunity. Um, And if your nervous system has been upregulated for a significant period of time, like most of us, myself included, um, in order to clear your field a bit more, like I said, um, I can work with clients in this way to give some mind-body exercises, but you may also want to talk to your complementary healthcare provider about some lifestyle changes, meal plans, that could support healing an upregulated nervous system, especially no coffee. You know, that's just going to be my word. No stimulants. It's, it's not helpful. It's not useful to clearing, clearing out your energetic system. So the mantra for this, very simple. I am in knowing. I am in knowing. I am in knowing. I am in knowing. And just taking a pause. Taking it all in. So with all these juicy themes for September, I have given you lots to work with, not just for in September, these are big themes, but for months to come. 
And don't worry if these don't resonate with you, just have fun this month. We always forget, like, especially so many of us in the healing field, we're like, oh, what am I going to do? I've got to cultivate, cultivate, cultivate. Just have fun. If you're like, no, I'm not being reborn. I'm not moving into knowing, like, then just go out and have some fun this month. That is medicine in itself. Um, so get out there, do some meditation, make some love, enjoy some time in nature. Me personally, I'm going to be at the beach watching for dolphins and sunsets. That's what's doing it for me right now. So with that, I just want to offer you a big, big thanks for today. If you are interested in learning more, you can like, you can subscribe, leave a review or a question for this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google. You can find it at The Etheric Update with Catherine Craig. If it this episode moved or resonated with you, please share it with a friend um, and give me a follow on social. You can find me at Catherine Craig Etheric on Instagram or TikTok. I'd love to connect with you. Don't forget to send me a DM if you like the episode or have an experience you want to share or even an episode idea. I love hearing from all of you and there's so much more to come. I am so excited to be growing and building this community. Um, so big thanks and I can't wait to see you for our next episode.